0: appreciate you being here today. I believe that there's going to be healing. And how many know, we're at a time, we're here, there's things that's happening, people being rescued from suicide, getting letters from children, asking to pray for their dads, because their dads has been uh, physically abusive. Children are praying and interceding. Families are praying, and it's not the time to play around. And one of the things I want to share today is, The Father is not only a compassionate healer. He's also called a wonderful counselor. And what I believe that's going to come forth today is the spirit of counsel and the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of wisdom in the fear of the Lord. That the things that are lacking, the things that have been hooked inside of our soul for different reasons is going to be unhooked through not only the healing power of God, but the counsel of God. We need some counsel in some areas of our life so that we can go forward and, and we can go beyond where we've been before. Now, I wanted to use Dr. House because if I ever had a hook in me, I'd want this man to take it out. Because uh, if there was anything else wrong with me, he'd find it. And there's some things that Dr. House has said, and I pray he gets get saved. <laughs> but he said, we all, we all make mistakes, and we all pay a price. But I believe that for us, the mistakes are getting fewer. Amen. Everybody does stupid things, but I like this. But it shouldn't cost them everything they want in life. Now, that I like. We all can make stupid mistakes and we all have. But it shouldn't cost us everything in life. And so many people are living with something that happened 12, 15, 20 years in the past. And it's cost them that. And he wants to restore that to you. Also, I like this one. Test, take time. Treatments, quicker. A lot of people are, are, would want to try to fix everything real quick. Where time will tell me what things need to be changed. It goes on, another one says, it it does tell us something about studying somebody's problems. It does tell us something, though I don't have an idea what. (laughs) Sometimes we feel that way about ourselves. I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. I love this one. This goes with the message today. Everything we do is dictated by motive. Remember that one. Mistakes are as serious as the results they cause. Remember that one. Results are as serious, uh, mistakes are as serious as the results they cause. And the treatment doesn't always work, but symptoms never lie. Get a hold of that. What symptoms are telling me a truth about my life, about my thoughts? And I looked up the word diagnosis, and it means, listen to this. You can look looking up to the, di- the identification of the nature of an illness or a problem by examination of the symptoms. An identification of the nature of the illness or other problems by examination of the, of the symptoms. Also means recognition, determination, discovery, and pinpointing. Pinpointing issues. Diagnosing by judgment, verdict, or a conclusion. What's causing the problem? A while back, I got a free thing to bring my car in to have it diagnosed. A car diagnostic. And they found all kind of things wrong with it. <laughs> so I just went to AutoZone and got the list and did it myself. What I could do. What I couldn't do is still sitting out there. But I got the diagnostic. And what I could fix, I fixed. But there's some things I couldn't fix. That's where in my life I call upon Jesus to fix the things in my life I have not been yes. able to get Fixed. But I'm not going to live in denial that I have an issue, that I have a problem. And one of the things, you'll, you'll laugh at this, this is the team there on, on, on house. And how many of you, if you ever watch this series, he's got an awesome team. He'll send some out to see what kind of paint they painted their walls with, what type of insecticide they're using, uh, what type of pipes they have, uh, what countries they've traveled to. I mean, when he he wants to find the answer and they'll throw issues around and they'll throw things out. And what they practice doing that they call is that they layer and gather information, layer and gather information and layered information brings a life saving diagnostics. I mean, it it just saves lives by getting the answer there. And, you know, it could be something so simple. We have a couple in the church. Their little boy has had uh, problems with seizures. And they they went to a doctor in New Orleans. And the doctor in New Orleans told them about this boy that they operated on that was having more than a dozen seizures a day. And they took the crown of his brain off. And and they just went in there and they uh, popped something out in the middle of his brain. And they popped it out and then put them all back together again. And then he went, like, years without having seizures by just popping that one little thing. Yeah. And so I'm believing today there's maybe that one little thing that's been holding you tight to things oh, in the past that's going to be popped out of your that's brain yes. so that you're going to be able to think and you're going to be able to function and, and you're going to be have a relationship like you've desired having. But I want to tell you something right now. Dr. House can have the best group that he can. And we got people in this church. They've come to me in this church and they told me themselves... I went to some doctors locally, and I'm not talking against the doctors locally, but they told me, the doctor told me I had cancer. The doctor told me I had this. I had somebody a while back tell me that a local doctor said, we need to antep- antep- take off your leg. <laughs> Amputation. And so, uh, you know, and I, and I said, man, go to Houston, get another diagnosis. And it's amazing how many people go and they go to other doctors and come back and they go, they said, what did they get it from? You don't have cancer. You just got this, you got this, this, and the other. And this is an awesome team, and they, they are so thorough, and it's amazing how they can turn and all this and that and the other. But I want to remind every one of us about something. We have the greatest team, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is looking down. That's who we have looking down into our lives is the Trinity. A loving, caring father who made us in his image. And, and I want you to see this in Genesis chapter one. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in whose image? Our. In who? Our. In our image. Who was our? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In our image. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And God blessed them. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Genesis means beginning. And we've been talking... Last week, we talked about hooked. About having things hooked in our spirits and in our lives. Uh, we're getting how to get free of addictions. And we could do so many messages and go so many places about addictions. But I believe that the Lord wanted me to go back to the beginning. Because if, you, if, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. Where did it start? In the New Testament, they always go back to the garden. Where did it start and how did it start? Where did it go wrong? You need to write that down. Because if we're going to diagnose and have the Holy Spirit help us get past some issues, we're going to have to go back to the beginning. Where did this come from? How did it start? And start collecting data and information so that we can remove what needs to be removed. When my wife and I were missionaries back when we went in 1982, uh, we, we have a huge collection of medical books. And then one of the first books we got, we got from Bible school that says, where there is no doctor. Because we were places where there was no doctor, no hospital. And so we had books, and when something was wrong, my wife was always the first ones to go and uh, try to self-diagnose our problems. And you go through a lot of medical books, try to find out what's wrong and everything. And the problem with self-diagnosing yourself is you end up self-medicating too. <laughs> that was some rough stuff but you're trying to you're getting these books because i have to have some information about why do i react respond why am i like i am why am i like this what am i not seeing about myself because we saw last week 82% of americans have mental issues that's more than half of us now the 12% in here this morning so we don't yeah. <laughs> The first service did, but they're gone. So now. (laughs) Love you guys. Some of them are watching by internet now. But God, as a wonderful counselor, wants to give us some some, uh, counsel and how to get out of some areas. And I want to show you how we can get hooked. Three different areas we need to watch here. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. For the word of God is. Say that with me, is. It's not just a book. It's alive. Say that with me. It's alive. It's alive. Every time you read it, every time we gather together, every time you open it up, every time you hear it preached, it's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. Cutting between, look at this, soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Thoughts and desires, that's the flesh. That's where the hooks go. Nothing in creation is hidden from him. Everything is naked, and here's the word again exposed before his eyes. And he is the one, wow, we are accountable to. Now, I looked up that word joints because it cuts between the joints and the marrow. Get this if you're taking notes, write this. The word joint in the definition means the point of connection. Everything's exposed to God. Where was I connected with that attitude, with that addiction? Where was I tempted? In what area? That joint means the point of connection. It means structure. My life has been structured and built over that. It also means activity, the diagnosis. Marrow speaks of one's innermost being, the real me. You saw the first picture of Dr. House; It was his face. But it had all kinds of sicknesses and diseases on his face. And, and the real me is as Trey was singing this morning. From the inside out. And so we're diagnosing this. And we're looking at some things. And I, I want you to look at another scripture here. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23-24 uh, it says. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may you be whole. And say that with me, spirit, soul, and body. Say that with me again, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, we are made in His image. We are three parts, body, spirit, and soul. we got to understand this to better break things. And it says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful and who will also do it. Can I hear an amen? Praise God. Now listen, we can try to fix ourselves any way and every way that we can, but this is the only book that can deal with all three parts of men. By the creator and the author of man. It's this holy word that is able to deal with your spirits, your souls, and your bodies. It's only through this word that we can be whole and be made complete. And it's alive to work, do the work in us. Now look at First Peter. Look what it says here. First Peter uh, 2 verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Passions of the flesh. That's where the hooks get in. Which wage war against your soul. Say that with me, soul. It wages war against your soul. Now some people say, you know, he's getting into psychology and all that. Well, if you're taking notes, the word soul there is the word psyche or psychology. And I want you to write this down. The word psyche there or the word soul is a person's mind, a person's will, and a person's emotions. And if we're going to be working in these areas and getting free of addictions and and different things that we've been studying about and we're going to study about. We've got to understand that the enemy wants to attack our soul or through our emotions, through our mind or through our thoughts. It says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, as he thinks in his heart, his heart and his mind interchange, so is he. On Dr. House, so many times you'll find that they're trying to diagnose and they're saying it could be this, it could be this, it could be that. It's amazing how many times on that series they end up saying it's in their subconscious. Somewhere inside of them there is something locked inside of them that is keeping them sick and keeping them open. And so it's, it's not that our subconscious only is keeping something. A lot of times we're going through things because our spirit is sensing something. And we need a healing in our spirit then our soul before our body will be healed. Now, I want to show you. We talked about King Saul last week in 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. Now, the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul. Man, that is just one of the most saddest verses in the Bible. The Spirit of the Lord left him. And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear, emotional sickness. If we disconnect from God, we're going to connect through our emotions through something that's going to make us sick. If we disconnect from something, we're going to connect to something else. If we don't stay connected to God in all three parts of our life, spirit, soul, and body, we're going to connect. That's why so many times they have what they call emotional affairs. Why? I'm disconnecting from God and I'm connecting with my emotion to someone else. The way to have a healthy emotion, a way to have a healthy mind, is to stay emotionally connected with God. And we see that Adam and Eve were sick in their souls and in their minds because they disconnected from God. Now we see this so many times. Let me explain. People say, I knew this woman. I knew this man. Did you hear they're getting a divorce? Did you hear that that they left each other? Did you hear uh, that she left him uh, with a child, came back, got pregnant, left him again, came back got pregnant left him again and now she's got the children and she's left him and he was a good man and they, and they come up and they go pastor what did I do what's wrong I loved my wife I thought this time it was going to work and we see so many times people coming and they're opening their hearts and they're crying and they're going what has happened what has gone wrong in my life how could the Lord permit this the Lord is not that the Lord permitted it it was something happened in the area that the enemy attacked the soul attacked the emotion attacked the mind attacked the will and there was some. Type of hook down in there that caused them to be led places they never dreamed they would have went That's right. That's right. and so many times you know we, we, we want to get this we want to know about this we want to know about that but this right here is one of the just one of the most important parts and, and I want you to see what, what happened in the Garden of Eden now I want to tell you something Eve didn't look like that. But I want you to write this down and I want you to remember this forever. The way that the enemy caused Adam and Eve to fall. Tempted Jesus of Nazareth in the desert. And tries to get to us and get the hook in our flesh and listen real well. The way to the soul, which is the emotions, the will and the mind. Is to attack the five senses of the human being. The five senses. And I want you to think. We're not going to go there. But I want you to think about Adam and Eve in the garden. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3. That the serpent was the most crafty of all the animals. And it said that the serpent spoke to Eve. And she listened. Sense number one. Hearing. She started the separation. Listen. The separation from God. God. Didn't happen right away. It started with the hearing. I hope you're listening to me good. You're starting to wonder, how did my my husband leave me? Why did my wife leave me? I mean, everything was going fine. How long has this been going on? And they'll say, a year. Well, how did it happen? And many times, like Eve, it started with the hearing. Oh, you're so beautiful. Man, you're a good-looking guy. Oh, boy, if you were my husband, I'd treat you like this. I don't understand why you've put up with them all those years. Why don't you learn to live life and be free? And so, just like Eve, the craftiness goes to the senses of hearing. And being a Christian doesn't keep you from having your ears attacked. So e the, there's Eve in the garden. At first, sense to be attacked was her hearing. The second sense was it says, and she looked at the fruit, hear and see, two senses right there, are you getting me, she saw, she started looking, she started looking, the hearing opened her up to start looking, how did I find myself this way, are you hearing me, church? This is the counselor talking to you this morning. He 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 tried getting to Jesus through his eyes, too. He says, Behold, all the kingdoms I'll give them to you. He, he comes at the senses. So she heard, she saw, and verse 3 of chapter 3, it says that she, t- she touched. In one translation, it says, and she touched the fruit. There's the third sense, she touched. Amen, that's good. That's good. And then the fourth sense. It said she tasted. Four senses, you're out. Four senses, and those that were in a created, in a perfect place were attacked. Smell, or just a little cocaine up your nose, it'll make you feel like you never felt before. And you see through all the word of God. The enemy get in through the senses. Read the book of Proverbs. It says that a young man who was innocent and pure of heart. Was walking down her street. And here comes a woman of the night. But she's married. And what does she do? By her lips. Hearing. She enticed the young man through the sense of hearing. And then she said my bed has been sprayed with brute <laughs> smell. And my husband is gone and would we'll be all by ourselves, hearing and touching and tasting. And for a piece of bread, the young man's soul was sold to the woman who got through it to her senses. One thing about Dr. House is he doesn't have any bedside manners. Sometimes we don't need a gentle Holy Spirit. We need a true Holy Spirit with a true word to say. You shouldn't be listening to that because it's weakening you. It's damaging you and it's going to damn you. You hear me, church? We are, in this country, we are taught to live by our senses. We're going to touch whatever we want to touch. We're going to look at whatever we want to look at. We're going to listen to whatever we listen to. And we don't consider that all those five areas are damaging our life to walk under the fear of God and the mantle of God. And so, if we're gonna get free from drugs, if we're gonna get free from alcohol, if we're gonna get free from adultery, if we're gonna get free from lying, if, whatever, if we're gonna get free and get healed, then we're gonna to have to pay attention to what we're giving our senses over to. What am I watching? Yes, that rated RX movie is gonna damage you. I don't care how much you love your husband or your wife. I don't care how much you think it's going to build your romance up by looking at that crap, that stuff. I don't care what enticing your taste buds with to enhance this and that and the other. Because let me tell you something. There's a lot of people say... I love my husband when he drinks because he's a happy drunk. Well, let me tell you something. A happy drunk could still kill somebody on the way home. Or you too. But let me tell you this. If he's only happy when he's drunk, he can get drunk with the Holy Spirit and get this message. Yeah. Yeah. And he can break free and let his emotions get free. The enemy will entice you. I mean, can you picture Adam's walking? He's looking for his wife, and there's his wife. All she has is a, all she has on is an apple in her hand. You see, they wouldn't get kicked out of the garden just for her. He had to fall into it too. That's why mates, couples. Don't be trusting that God's going to bless because you got a holy wife or a holy husband. You need to be holy too. We, Pastor, we got the favor of God because I got a praying wife. Well, why don't you become a praying man? There's a doctor in the house today, and there's Eve, and she speaks like Satan. To her husband's senses. Look, look, and he looked. Touch, and he touched. Taste, and he tasted. And they both fell. Attacking through the senses. We have to be on guard because it does not take much to get hooked. And the hook gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So we see this see, touch, taste, and smell. And there's thousands of emotions that the enemy comes after us with to try to hook us. And then we start trying. Why am I so depressed? Why am I so confused? Why am I so messed up? And look what the Word of God says here in 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers, my soul, my emotions, my mind is the deciding factor how blessed and how healthy I'm going to be. The hooks in my life may be the failures in my life. And so the soul prospers, and the soul prospers by what's controlling the senses. If it's God, then I'm going to prosper. If it's not, then I'm going to be a mess. Look what Job said here in Job 3, verse 25 and 26. The worst of my fears, emotions... His soul is speaking. His fear is speaking out. There's a clue. There's a diagnosis. The worst of my fears, my emotions have come true. And what I've dreaded most has happened. My repulse is shattered. My peace is destroyed. No rest for me. Look what he's saying here. Because of the hooks in my emotions. Because of the hooks of my emotions. There is no rest for me. And even death has invaded my life. Doctors say that fear is the reason for for many things such as stomach ulcers, insomnia, nervous breakdowns, migraines, high blood pressure, death, and so many other things to thousands. Because as a man thinks with his brain or his emotions, so is he. They say that the brain is like a pearl. It starts out small. Now listen to this. The brain starts out real small. And it receives knowledge through the five senses. And as it receives knowledge, it's stored in compartments. And then just like a pearl, as you grow older, layer upon layer upon layer starts overlapping. And your brain starts growing. And everything that you have learned through your five senses goes into compartments. And goes into your DNA and becomes part of who you are. And as you grow older and older, the memories of the trauma and the different things you've gone through in life, it goes into that, it goes into falls, and it starts controlling your life and, and, and it, it, encouraging you or, or leading you places that sometimes you don't want to know... Go, but I'm praying today that the voice of the one who created you is going to reawaken a hearing on the inside of you that is going to break the power of the hearing through the senses of this world, the flesh, and the enemy. And your heart is going to beat again by hearing the voice of your father speaking to you that this is not my will, this is not my will that you're doing, this is my will. To me, it's kind of like this it's kind of like when Jesus went in the boat with the disciples. And they had been fishing and working hard and toiling all night. And he says, you're thinking with the wrong side of the brain. You're working on the wrong side of the boat. Take your nets and throw it on the other side. No, 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 that's not going to work. If you do it my way and you think my way, because listen to this. Adam and Eve, going by their senses, separated them to see things the way God saw things and hear things the way God heard things. It separated them from God, and that's the danger of learning to give our lives over to be to be connected to things and the process of our emotions, just bringing us more and more down. It says in Proverbs thirteen twelve, hope deferred makes the heart the heart the mind sick. My emotions, my soul, it processes. Uh, looking at the losses that, that so many times losses and things that come into our life makes us so hard. And, and, and listen, I, I want you to hear this as we're going to get into some, some areas here about the five senses. So many times we look back and we wondered, how have I gotten so hard like this? I used to be a nice person. I used to tell everybody hello when I ran into them. I used to open the door for Ladies. I used to tell strangers hello. I used to smile at strangers. I used to be happy about life. I used to walk around whistling. Why have I gotten so hard? Why is my heart sick? Why am I so critical? Why am I a loner? Why am I angry? Why am I bitter? They say that every Memory is like a flashlight and it flashes and keeps the negatives in your brain. And you remember, especially traumas, you remember them all your, all your life. For example, have you ever been in a car wreck? And how many times you can remember that car wreck like it just happened and you remember the car coming at you in slow motion? Or the different things that happened and, and you remember these thoughts and, and the, you remember when the, you got the phone call when your kids were in a car wreck. Like God, that never happened. Or how many you have ever been robbed? You got home and you had been robbed. Don't raise your hand, but people who's been raped. They will tell you what the person looked like, what they had in their hand, what they were telling them. They can tell you where they were. Because it's a memory that's been locked down in there. My wife tells me that in counseling that you can counsel a 30-year-old man who has a 12-year-old uh Uh, personality or 12 year old uh, uh, he acts like a 12 year old and when you go to study the life and you start asking questions you find out that maybe a a brother or sister died when they were young or a parent died or got divorced or, or they were raped but something happened traumatically at 12 years old that stopped them mentally from growing even though their body continued to grow their mindset stayed at 12 years old that's how powerful these things about trauma are and uh you know, I kind of made a few people upset with me a while back. And, and uh, I've, I've never had a wake in this church. For 18 years, we would had wakes in our churches in Argentina where they would put the bodies in front of the platform and so forth and so on. And I haven't had, to, I haven't had a wake here because my experience of 18 years pastoring in Argentina... I've had very good people in my church quit the church because they said, pastor, it's not that I don't love my church or I don't love you. It's just every time I go to church, I see my husband, I see my mother up there at front in that casket, and, and, and I'm having trouble going to church. I can't, I can't go here anymore because when I go, I see my mom. Well, last week I got a letter, I got a letter from a man, a, a widower who comes with his two sons, and he wrote a letter, and he said, pastor. I had to leave my last church because we did my wife's funeral at that church, and every time I go in there, I see my wife up there, and and, and I just see it like it was just done, and it's in my mind, and I can't get it out, so I had to have a a fresh move. Now, what I want to do, I believe God would do when we build a new multi-building, I like to build a special salon in there, and and have a a special entryway and everything, and and, and be able to have a place, because I know it saves thousands of dollars, and it would be great to have a certain place, But but... To have some people like Sister Jessie who went on. People I've known and loved for over 12 years. And to have the casket right here and I'm sitting right here and then have to preach right here. It, it just—it it, it causes trauma and, and, and memories. And some people may not suffer that way. Other people may. Everybody is, is different. But the images can stay in your mind. When you're holding your parents' hand and they, give their, their, they have their last breath, you remember that forever. It's fresh. It's there. The hurts, the words. The the Absalom son who betrayed you. The Judas who betrayed you. The husband or the wife who betrayed you. It it stays formed in their mind and it becomes part of who you are. And and, and it causes things, fears and worries to happen. I'll give you an example. My, My wife's dad... Died when he was 35 right in front of their house at the end of their driveway. He was tragically killed as a car ran a stop sign and, 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 he, and he died right there. Well, when I was 34, that trauma caused her to start worrying and being anxious that my husband's getting ready to turn 35. And when he turns 35, what am I going to do if he dies at the age my dad was? Because she saw what her mom went through with her dad dying at 35. Well, I outlived 35, thank God. But then my mom died at 42. And when I was 40, it started coming in my mind that I may only have two years left. And then when I turned 41, it would attack my mind and my emotions. You have one year left. What if you only live as old as your mother lived? And, and so these different things come after your mind and works on your emotions and starts tearing you down. It starts, listen, it steals your strength. And people go, well, why didn't you just fight the thought? I I did. I tried. But when it comes on, it comes on. And you're listening and you're hearing and you're thinking. It starts working on your strength. And you find yourself, start thinking about. And even start preparing what if it happens. It's a battle of the mind. The sense is trying to rule. But if we can diagnose the problem. Go back to where it started. Then the Lord can help us break these things. And we can learn to trust and we can love again. And like Joseph, who didn't allow the hook to come in his life, was able to tell his brothers who sold him and betrayed him, he was able to say, you meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. Now I want to show you something about Joseph here in Genesis chapter 45. Look at this, 45, 26 and 27. And, And I just want to share some things with you as a pastor real quickly here. And they told him, Jacob, they went back to tell Jacob that Joseph wasn't dead, he was alive. And they went and told Jacob saying, Joseph is still alive and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Look what it says. And Jacob's heart stood still. Because he did not believe them. It's like he had a heart attack. It stopped. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them. And when he saw the carts which Joseph had said to carry him. Look what it says. The spirit of Jacob their father revived. In other words, I have been suffering for 17 years believing that my son is dead. Maybe you can say, I've been suffering for 20 years believing that my child ran away from home because it was my fault. Maybe you've been suffering for 10 years. Maybe 10 years, it's my fault that my mate left me. Or it's my fault that I ruined their life. And maybe you've been living. And maybe since that dramatic time, you haven't lived. Maybe you, on the inside, you died on the inside. And your heart quit beating again. Your heart to love those that you still have and you still cherish. You stopped it. The hurt and the trauma just stopped you. It says his heart stopped again. Don't play with me. Don't change things on me now. Don't change things on me now. It says he couldn't even believe it. He couldn't hear it. It says his heart stopped. His body stopped functioning. It held him captive. When your heart holds you captive, that's when your heart gets hard. And listen. Listen to this church. When our hearts get hard, it's hard To know how to act and how to respond. Oh, this this is good. Why doesn't my husband respond? Why doesn't my wife act? Jacob couldn't respond and couldn't act because his heart was broken. When our heart's been broken, we don't know how to respond. Because the emotions have been being pushed pushed down for so long. No, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to show them that I love them. I'm not going to show them that I forgive them. No, no. I'm going to push those. <clears throat> I'm not going to go around family and, 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 and be, I'm just going to sit in the corner. I'm going to push that feeling down. I open up with people, they hurt me. Someone, I'm going to seclude myself. I'll go. but I ain't talking to you. I'm not opening up. I'm not opening up myself to be hurt anymore. And we stop learning how to respond, and the communication and the love and the romance and the trust and and the peace starts just slipping out. All the future is just we're stuck in the past. But it said, but when Jacob heard these words, say with me, divine words, his heart was revived. His heart was revived. We have to stay in the Word day and night or our emotions and our senses will start connecting to things they're not supposed to be connected to. And before you know it, all of a sudden, we need a personal revival because we've gone dead on the inside. And we're asking, why doesn't God speak to me? Why doesn't God speak to me? Why can't I hear from God? Why doesn't God speak to me like that? Why doesn't God do that for me? And then we start getting hard towards God. We start getting hard towards church. And that's why 82%, 84% of Americans are in an issue mentally and emotionally. Why? Because of all the issues, we're getting hard. Well, it's just going to be about me. I'm not going to help them out of that situation. I'm going to take care of myself and they're on their own. It's just about me. When you heard Joseph died, his emotions died. And listen, and his dream died. When your emotions get hooked into something other than God's life. Because he says, my words are life unto you. When we do not connect to life, we will connect to death. And it will not only kill our emotions, it will steal our dreams. What happened to my home? What happened to my marriage? What happened to our dreams? Uh, We had dreams to, to, to be happy, live ever after. What happened to these things? And we start processing these things in our mind and we stop seeing things the way God wants us to see. Our emotions have stopped us and they become dangerous to us. And you know what happens when, when, when emotions get pushed down? How many of you remember just last year the Maganza Spillway? You keep pushing your emotions down and God created you to be an emotional person. I know you've been taught you're a man and you're not supposed to cry. Mm, Push those emotions down. Don't show any emotions. But yet we read in the word that when Jacob, who had aught against his brother, him and his brother were wanting to kill each other. But when they came together, it says that Jacob and Esau held each other for a long time and they wept. The Bible says that when Joseph saw his brothers, he ran and embraced his brothers and he wept so loud, the whole palace heard him crying. It says that when Jacob and Joseph met again, that they held each other in each other's arms and they wept so loud and they wept so long. And listen to this, Jacob says, now as he was hugging his son that was dead but is alive again, he says, now I can die in peace If we don't learn to have our emotions healed. There is no peaceful death waiting for us. All these years of holding on. And pushing emotions down. And being hard. And I'm not going to give in. But yet it says Joseph didn't have any hooks. David didn't have any hooks. When Saul died and they expected David to go. Hey your enemy's dead. May all your enemies be as Saul. It says David wept and called him his dad and his hero. Because he had kept his heart right before God about what others considered was his enemy. Jesus cried over Lazarus. Jesus cried over Jerusalem. He didn't hold his emotions in. Because when you hold your emotions in, it's going to affect the organs, it's going to affect your body, it's going to affect your mind, it's going to affect the way you treat others. Over time, you will not have health because your soul is not prosperous. Because the more you push it down, the more the dam is trying to break. The sphere of counsel wants to heal today and give us direction about the five senses to not allow it direct our lives so that we can let it go. And when you're listening to a song and and my wife has seen me cry all of our 30 years of marriage and my boys see me cry. It can be a military show. It can be a music video. It could be anything. I don't hold it back. I cry all the time and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a man. And And I'm not ashamed of it. And when we go to the men's meeting, yeah, I do like this. But some of them do too. But I don't hold my emotions in. And maybe your wife, your husband, has not given themselves more to you. And you don't have the type of marriage you really want. And all of a sudden this emotional affair is feeding a part of you. They're not feeding. It's because maybe you've been holding things in. And they want you to let loose so that they can have you. Laugh. So many people have lost their laugh. I, I tell you what. You say, I don't cry and I don't laugh. Well, when was the last time you winked at least, buddy? <laughs> Just don't wink. When was the last time the wife looked at you? You did She go, you got something in your eye? You haven't winked at me since we were a Dairy Queen. 48, 900 years ago. Ice cold. You're not getting to me. You're not breaking me. I'm hard. I won't give in. I won't let you know me, and then nobody knows you. And you don't get to know the side. Of, you don't. You don't believe God loves you like He really loves you because you haven't learned the type of God who cries over you. You haven't learned the type of God who laughs over you. You haven't even learned that even God winks at you. Smiles at you. Weeps over you. Laughs over you. You've got to learn to let it go. Last, I got a letter this week from a man who came here last week. I'm not going to read his story, but he said, the first time I came here, I haven't been in church in the last 10 years. And I was here the first time and I left church crying that day. And he says, I want to be a member of the church. I want to be baptized. And I finally found what the word meant. He left here crying. You know what? He left here crying. But that says he left here here healed. Because he let it loose. He let it go. He let it go. When I found myself crying, the hardness is leaking. You're watching a movie. It... it and you feel something coming on. Don't, don't hide it. Let the healing come. God created you to be emotional. And Jesus wept. Because God weeps. Don't, don't stay hard. And how do I do this? And I'm going to end with this scripture here. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord. Oh my what? Emotions. Emotions. Go on ahead. So, emotions, come on, praise the Lord. Emotions, raise your hands. Emotions, get passionate about Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, all my senses. I'm telling you, hear, sight, smell, taste, touch. Magnify God. Oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And emotions, mind, will, forget not all of His benefits. Listen, emotions, who forgives all of your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction and crowns with loving kindness and tender mercies. Bless the Lord, all you angels who excel in strength and do His word, heeding the voice of His word. So listen to His word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His that do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all you his works in all the places of dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Don't let the devil and don't let the five senses and don't let the areas that the hook is in steal you and rob you from the benefits God has given you by stealing your praise. Because worship is the position that opens the door for healing to take place. I bless you, Father. I worship you. I praise you. And when I bless him, all my spirit, my soul, and my body is released to move forward. Lord, unlock and show me. Lord, diagnose the issues in my life that has been holding me back from living and loving you and others. Renewal will bring laughing, crying, shouting, smiling, winking, expressions that have been dead, that are alive again. Jacob's spirit revived again. He says, now I can continue living let me share something with you. you know, I'm going to end with this. Jesus is coming back for his bride. And he wants his bride healed emotionally and spiritually and physically. He wants a bride that's whole. He doesn't want a bride that limps like I do right now. <laughs> He's going to take the limp out. He's going to take the fear out. He's going to take the worry out. And church, he's going to heal us. And you know why? Because Joseph was healed so he could save a multitude. And Jesus wants you healed so that you can reach out and save others. And help others who are hurting. Of all the hurt, all the anger that just keeps being pushed down and being pushed down. He wants to free us from these things. But it's these type of things inside of us that is pushing us towards addictions. And I can preach against addictions. I could have already been talking about addictions. But we will not break addictions until we go to the very beginning and find out where's the root cause. Where's the beginning that causes me to even seek those type of things. Where's it at? Where did it all begin? I'm going to find it. It's going to be taken out of my brain. It's not going to continue into my children's brains and my grandchildren's brains. I'm going to take that little piece of something so that my family can be whole. Would you stand, please? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want you to be in a moment of surrender right now. You're here and you you have been through so many real issues, hurts and pains, traumas. There are things that, words that still haunt you, hurt you, stab you, wound you. Things that happened maybe recently, things that happened a long time ago. Where the experience is the memory. I just pray that the wonderful counselor and the wonderful healer will come today. And he will touch you both spirit, soul, and mind. Body. And make you whole so you can laugh and love and believe again. It said that Jacob couldn't even believe the word they were saying. So many have trouble believing the word. God's word. Because of the hurts and the disappointments of the past. I pray healing over your anger, your resentment, and your bitterness. I pray healing over the abuse, healing over your mind. and I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over your ears, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and your hands. I pray that your five senses be made whole and be delivered in the name of Jesus. That you may serve them totally, wholly, completely unto God. As you stand there before Him and you just allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and reveal things to you. It's between you and Him. We just receive the revelation so that we can receive the freedom and the healing. That we may prosper as our soul prospers. But if you're here today, the most important question is that if is your spirit saved? It's the condition of your spirit whether you will go to heaven or you will go to hell. It's by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and asking Him to forgive you of your sins. That is the way your spirit is born again and can live eternally with God. If you're here today and you don't know if you're born again. You don't know if your heart's right with God. Or maybe you have re- gave your heart to the Lord some time back. But you know you're not living right. You know you're, you're living in sin. You know that you're not living conscience of Him. You know you need to start over again. You know you need forgiveness. You're not sure if you would die today whether you would go to heaven or hell. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. Right there where you are. Just raise your hand right there. And let me pray over you. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? I see that hand over to the right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else today? Your head is bowed. Your eyes closed. If you've been hurt, if you've been wounded, you've been cut, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And you just know right now the Father's looking down upon you and He is ready to heal you. Whether you've been hurt through a parent, a loved one, a mate, no matter who it's been. You raise your hand and you believe today that Jesus is going to touch you and He's going to heal you. And He's going to heal your memory. The emotions, the feelings that have been pushed down inside of you. And He's going to cause those emotions to burst forth and you to be able to live again, love again, hope again, dream again. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, you've seen these hands. And I pray right now that this be a moment of contact between you and your children. Because, Father, this right now is not about me. It's not about even a church or organization. This is about a father and his child. And, Father, here's your child. It's been returned to you. He, she's been returned to you. They're wounded and they're hurt. Father, take this child. And, Lord, start the healing process. Break the controlling factors over the the senses that have brought us down the wrong path into the wrong things, the wrong areas. If we can renew the senses, we can renew the mind. If we can renew our mind, we can live like Christ. I ask you to do the healing process in each and every one of us. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your grace. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me for holding on to anger, resentment, things that's done me wrong. I release it by faith. In the name of Jesus, I cast all my cares. All my hurts, all my pain, everything that is destroying me inside, I release it. And I receive your touch. In Jesus' name, amen. And just right there, keep your eyes closed and just worship Him. Allow His anointing all to be poured fresh upon you. Allow his love to be poured fresh upon you. Let the healing power of your Creator come upon you and restore you. Restore your emotions. Restore your laughter. Restore your joy. May you be able to love again, trust again, hope again, dream again. Father, today we taught your word heal our souls. Heal the souls of your people. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing me. Just praise Him right now for healing you. For healing.